0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to LocalJobNetwork.com Radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Employment Notebook, where we explore various topics related to employment and the workplace. Today, we're talking about improving your conversations, particularly in the workplace and when networking with professional contacts. To learn more about improving your professional conversation skills, We're speaking today with Jacqueline Whitmore. She is an international etiquette expert, author, entrepreneur, and founder of the Protocol School of Palm Beach. Thanks for joining me today, Jacqueline. You're welcome. So we're talking today about improving your conversations, particularly when it comes to networking and in a professional setting. Why would you say that being a good listener is so important to your overall career success?
1: Being a good listener is very important for anyone's overall career success because we don't find good listeners much anymore. People are too busy thinking about what they're going to say next. And people are trying to show how much they know. So oftentimes we forget to listen and we forget to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. And so I always recommend that we do empathic listening, which is when a person is talking to create a visual in our mind of what that person is saying. And that helps us remember what that person says.
0: That's a great first tip to start off today. And I also wanted to go through six of the different points that you had listed about improving your conversations. The first one was to make sure that you're showing a real interest in what the person is saying. What are some tips maybe for people who want to make sure that they're showing real interest when someone is speaking to them?
1: If you want to show that you're showing interest in what somebody's saying, you have to listen with your whole body. And what that means is you have to look them in the eye and you would certainly nod occasionally, you look engaged, you don't look out into space or Mm -hmm. around the room looking at other people, and more importantly you don't look down at your cell phone or other electronic device. You want to give that person your full undivided attention.
0: And you also suggest that sharing a personal story might be a good idea in some circumstances, especially if you can share a personal story that demonstrates how you understand that person's point of view how can you do this effectively in the conversation without taking over the conversation too much
1: everybody enjoys personal stories ever since we were children we were we read children's stories We were read to by our teachers and many of us by our parents. And so people relate to stories. And oftentimes, it's stories that humanize us and connect us with another human being. So if you're a person who wants to connect with someone, the best way to do that is to share a story, a brief story about how you might connect with that person. And so many times when you share a story, it opens up dialogue and gets the other person to start talking and sharing their stories.
0: And then the second point that you had brought up in your article was using the magic words, tell me. Why are these words so powerful in a conversation?
1: The two words, tell me, will launch scintillating conversation. And what that does is it puts the spotlight on the other person. And you can say something as simple as, tell me, how did the two of you meet? Or tell me, how do you know the host or hostess? Or tell me, what do you enjoy most about your job? And what it does, it sparks conversation. It's an open-ended question so that it gets the other person to open up to you. And everybody's favorite subject is, themselves. Mm -hmm. So people love to talk about themselves. And when you say, tell me, you can just sit back and relax and listen.
0: And you had mentioned briefly a couple of examples. If someone is in a professional setting or maybe they're at a networking event, are there a couple of examples you could give us about how they could
1: incorporate tell me into their conversations? Sure. When you're sitting next to someone whom you don't know very well, you can oftentimes talk about the surroundings. One of the ways that I like to break the ice is I will talk about something that we all have in common. And usually it's whatever is in the room or whatever is going on in the room. So you could say to the person next to you, tell me what, did, what brought you to this event today. And that person will certainly share what brought them to the event. And then you could say from whatever they tell you, you could say, well, tell me how do you like the the decorations or the food or mm-hmm. how do you know the host and hostess? So really, it it's a great way to break the ice and it gets the other person to to better identify with you.
0: And I would imagine those type of questions obviously are very easy to answer, so it probably makes the other person feel more comfortable with you as well.
1: Right. They're not personal questions Mm -hmm. necessarily. They're just general questions that anyone can answer. And people appreciate when someone shows interest in them. And when you say, tell me, that is an immediate way that you can show interest in the other person. And speaking
0: of showing them that you're interested in them personally the next tip that you had was to make sure that you're saying that person's name. So if you're able to use their name throughout the conversation fairly frequently, what type of impression will that give them of you?
1: Well, we all know the sweetest sound to anybody's ear is their own name. Mm -hmm. And so when you say a person's name, not only does it make the other person feel important, but it also helps you remember the name. So if you say the name two or three times in conversation, it also makes the person feel special and it also helps you remember the name. So it works for both. Um, It's a win-win situation for both of you.
0: And speaking of remembering the name, for those who have a lot of difficulty remembering names of people that they're just meeting, are there any other tips for remembering the names other than making sure that you're repeating them often?
1: Sure, there are lots of ways to learn to remember names. And the most frequent technique people use is using the name in conversation and also visualizing someone with the same name. For example, if you introduced yourself and you said, hello, my name is Nancy, I would remember you because I, my sister's name is Nancy. So I would associate your name with my sister's name. Or if you have an unusual name, I would try to think about what makes me think of that name. And for example, it could be an object. It could be a movie star. It could be a cartoon character. And the more outlandish that you can affiliate that name, then the the better you will remember it. Also, if you write the name down Mm -hmm. or you ask the person to spell his or her name or name tags are really great because if you look at the name, if you look at the person's name, then it oftentimes will ingrain the name in your memory. And moving
0: into the next tip then, another thing that you had mentioned was when you're in your conversation, do you want to agree heartily but disagree softly? How can you do this effectively in a conversation?
1: There are going to be times when you just don't agree with what someone is mm-hmm. saying. And that's okay because everyone is entitled to their own opinion. So if you don't necessarily agree, you could just say something like, well, I, that's a great point, John. However, I don't agree with that. And here's why. So you can always state why you disagree. And if you can't come to terms with the other person, then you just say, well, we'll just have to agree to mm-hmm. disagree and then move on. So let's say you're you're
0: trying to make a really good impression on someone, maybe you're in a job interview or uh, there's someone who you potentially could be working with in the future. Even if you disagree with them, why is it important to occasionally bring this up?
1: It's important to bring up any kind of disagreements If you feel that it doesn't necessarily define who you are, for example, if someone says something and you disagree with it in a job interview, you can easily state what you believe. And if you're not going to be hired because of your beliefs, you probably don't want to work for that employer anyway. But what it also does, it shows you have a backbone. It shows you are a strong person. It shows that you have opinions. It shows that you are not afraid to share those opinions as long as you do it diplomatically.
0: And the next point that I wanted to bring up was that you should be talking less and listening more. How can you show someone that you're being attentive when they're speaking? I know you had mentioned a little bit about body language before. What are some ways that people will know you're being attentive?
1: A good way that you can show you're being attentive other than your body language is repeating what the other person says or summarize what the person says. So if we're having a conversation and you're telling me about a trip that you just attended or a conference you just attended and you you're telling me what classes you took i can demonstrate interest in what you're saying by asking questions about what you just said for example i might say well tell me more about the class that you took on negotiation skills what did you learn in that class that you didn't know before what surprised you most about that class or what who was your favorite speaker so when you ask questions It engages you in the conversation, but it also shows that you're listening to the person.
0: And then the final one that I wanted to bring up that you had mentioned in your article was don't interrupt or change the subject. So for many listeners, they may think, well, this seems like an obvious one, but I'm guilty at least of this part. Sometimes you may be tempted to finish someone's sentence, not to interrupt, but just because you want to show them that you're listening and that you understand them. Is this a good idea or not?
1: generally not a good idea to finish someone's sentences because they may be in the middle of a thought and they may be trying to think of the right words. And when you try to fill in the blank, you're basically putting words in their mouth Mm -hmm. that may not be what they mean to say. So it's best to just bite your tongue and to be patient and let the person finish his or her sentence. Oftentimes too, We don't all talk at the same rate. Some Mm -hmm. of us talk a little slower than others, especially if English is not your first language. So it's best to give that person an opportunity to share their thought and to finish their sentence before interjecting. So to
0: kind of bring all of this information together for our listeners, in general, what are some examples of questions that you can ask during a conversation that'll show the other person that you're interested and that you're engaged?
1: The main question to ask, of course, is tell me Mm -hmm. because that shows interest. But it's also looking or listening for those nuggets or those keys where you can share with the other person your stories of how you might relate to him or her, or you have a commonality with that person. And the big key word here is listening, because before you can have an engaging, stimulating conversation, you must be an exceptional listener. And that means listening more than talking. We have two ears and one mouth, so we should be doing twice as much listening as we do talking.
0: Right. So let's say that you get into a conversation with someone and it's going really well but you're maybe at a networking event where you want to be having the opportunity to talk to several different other people, how can you tactfully end a conversation without hurting the other person's feelings or without being disrespectful?
1: It's important for you to go to any networking event with an agenda in mind. In other words, you want to know who you're going to meet and you have to give yourself a certain amount of time to meet those people. Now, if you go to an event where you don't know anyone, and that certainly has happened to, to many of us, then what you'll want to do is you want to concentrate on the people who you would most like to meet. And if someone is monopolizing your time, then it's up to you to decide to cut that conversation short. And one way you can do it is you simply wait for that person to finish his or her sentence And then you summarize what that person says. And then you interject that you have to excuse yourself. Maybe you want to go refresh your drink. Maybe you want to make a phone call. But you have to excuse yourself and say to the person, it's been wonderful talking to you, but I need to move on and speak to several other people. I wish you Mm -hmm. the best and shake their hand and move on.
0: I think you've given us a lot of great insight into networking and professional conversations. I wanted to give you the floor at the end here, just for the last minute or so, just to share any final words of advice that you might have for our listeners. Maybe it's something you had touched on before or something you didn't have a chance to speak about. But for those who are looking to improve their conversations, what final word of advice would you give them?
1: My final bit of advice is to network with a variety of people because we tend to learn the most from people who are more different than we are. We tend to gravitate towards people at networking events who look like us, who sound like us, and who think are just like us. That's why we tend to gravitate towards our friends and people we know extremely well. But I'd like to challenge everybody to, at the next networking event to find someone in the room who might be sitting alone or who might not look a thing like you or someone who looks extremely interesting that you wouldn't ordinarily talk to and introduce yourself and try to strike up a conversation with that person. And you'll be surprised how much you can learn from people who are the least like you. And you'll find out at the end of the evening that even though that person doesn't look like you, or you may not think that person has anything in common with you, you can always find something in common with someone if you just listen and sit back and learn.
0: And with that final message, we will wrap up the show. You've been listening to Employment Notebook with our guest, Jacqueline Whitmore, discussing how to improve your professional conversations. Thanks again for sharing your insight with us today, Jacqueline.
1: My pleasure. Thank
0: you. And of course, we love to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Send us your comments on this topic or suggestions for another podcast to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us.